Well, good morning, New Vine Lakes. What a joy it is to be with you. A big thank you to uh, Pastor Stephen Lears and the uh, whole New Vine uh, Lakes team for uh, inviting me this, this, this day. It's just a, a great joy always to be with you. You're, you're not only uh, partners in the gospel, but you're friends. And uh, we're so thrilled with your belief in what we're establishing in our city and your partnership with us. We so appreciate your, uh, your support and your, your prayers and your love and uh, your willingness to send people to us to believe God for great outcomes of freedom and hope. And so uh, it's just a great day to be here today to, uh, to celebrate the, the Sunday before Easter, Palm Sunday. And uh, what a joy it is to be with you. You know, that day when Jesus rode into the city, there was great hope and expectation of the restoration of the kingdom of, uh, of God. And I just sense over the, the, the church of New Vine Lakes a great expectation today that there will be an abundance of hope released over you. And my heart today is that that hope will be injected into you that will sustain you. It will flow over you and through you and powerfully go out into the, into the city through the engagements that you have and that you'll see great abundance as a result. Just wanted to give you an update on the Healing Path to Wellness. We've been going now for seven months and uh, we've seen some extraordinary things happen. You saw the, the testimony there of Emily who uh, just came to us after a chronic accident and suffered for years, four years of chronic neck pain and depression and anxiety. Her life was just, you know, at, at, at a rock bottom low. And she walked in and the power of God touched her, healed her neck, healed her pain, healed her anxiety. And she's now living life free. She's whole. She's enjoying life. I ran into her at the shops the other day and she's going to the gym twice a day some days, totally pain free. And so I just want to tell you, God is moving. We've had two cases now of post-traumatic stress disorder being radically healed. Uh, he's done it within an hour of ministry. One person had prayer for five, ten minutes. Another was in a counseling session for one hour and has now an alleviation of all their, their symptoms of PTSD. Extraordinary stuff. We've had one case where her symptoms have decreased at least 50%. We've had uh, anxiety-related chest pain uh, totally healed off an individual. We had a, another gentleman who came in needing surgery on his foot uh, and he got radically touched by God. Now the surgeon hasn't hasn't touched him with the scalpel he doesn't need to <laughs> his management is just exercise and uh, and what a what an, a great outcome that is so i want to encourage you if you know anyone that uh, is suffering from any level of mental anguish chronic pain or special needs we're believing god I want to report to you also, we're starting to see autism spectrum is starting to get healed. In fact, a young boy that's uh, come to us, uh, he has had significant improvement since he's been prayed for twice now. And so we're starting to not just hear testimonies of what God's doing around the world, it's happening in our city. And guess what? You're part of it. So thank you. Thank you for your prayer. Thank you for your partnership. And let's believe God that the next six months are going to be the most profound season where we see some of the anxiety that's being caused by this incredible season of COVID-19, that we would see Newcastle being one of the healthiest. I'm just declaring and partnering with you. We've, our prayer at Gateway has been this as well, that not one person would lose their life here in our region due to the disease, that God, even though there's a few people in ICU, that their hearts and their lungs would be restored in Jesus' name. And so I just want to declare uh, the fullness of Psalm 91, that you would not uh, have any fear that you would get this disease. Yes, let's wash our hands. Yep, let's do all the right things. But let's not believe and partner with the fear that's trying to surround us right now. 
Well, I just want to jump into the Word this morning, and uh, I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to Song of Songs, chapter 2. I know it's not normally uh, a scripture that we would turn to, and uh, all the married couples might be getting a tad excited, but here's the good news. Song of Songs, chapter 2, verse 15, and it says this, You must catch the troubling foxes, those sly little foxes that hinder our relationship. This is God speaking through Solomon. For they raid our budding vineyard of love to ruin what I've planted within you. And here's the key. Will you catch them and remove them for me? And let's do it together. I'm so glad that God put that last line in. Because the sly little foxes, we all know what they are. They're the things like hopelessness, fear, anxiety, chronic pain, damaging situations. The sly little foxes that come into our life and causes such disruption that it affects our faith. We turn up at work and we're feeling you know, low as a result of just the, the sly little foxes, again, reinforcing situation after situation. of we're, we're just failing to see the breakthrough that we're believing for. And one of the great roadblocks and the sly little foxes that slip into believers' lives is, happens when, when people have a, a real experience of unfulfilled prayers. You know, John 15 tells us that we're actually to expect that prayers will be answered. In fact, it's for the Father's glory that our prayers would be answered. But we all have situations, I know, in our, in our world where we're still believing for that, that sickness to be healed or for that relationship to be restored or that, that other situation that we've been believing God for a month, a year, 10 years for is still yet to be fulfilled. And it can slip in this hopelessness, this, this sense that, it's just going to be like this all the days of your life. You'll hear yourself saying things like this. I'm just, I'm just losing conviction that the situation's ever going to improve. Or you'll say things like this. I'm just so tired of fighting this battle anymore. I don't know if you've been in that space, but it's a horrible place to be in. And then this, the worst one is this. I just think this is how it's going to be for the rest of my life. And hopelessness, really, if you were to define it, is the removal of any joyful expectation of any good coming. And I, want to, I just want to reinforce to you, I don't want to downplay the challenge that you're facing, but I do want to inspire you. There is hope. There's always hope in the Lord. I wonder how Elizabeth and Zachariah in Luke chapter 1 felt when, you know, they'd been serving the Lord very faithfully. They were good people. They were in the temple serving God faithfully. And yet, for some reason, they couldn't fall pregnant. They were barren. And it was scorned upon in society. These good people were actually scorned because they couldn't fall pregnant. I think of another woman in the scriptures who had the issue of blood for 12 years, spent all her money. She'd been to every doctor she could find and to no avail. She was, she was suffering and this debilitating sickness. I wonder how hopeless she felt. I think of the lame man who was by the pool of Bethesda for 38 years. I think he'd resigned himself to the fact, this is just how life is going to be for the rest of my days. I think of the man born blind who was questioned, who sinned, you or your parents, that caused you to be like this? He not only was suffering the debilitating disease of blindness, but more importantly, his heart was being scorned as if he's being punished for his badness or the woman that was struggling with the infirmity of arthritis or the being bent over the bible says for 18 years these people had experienced significant hardship for a very long time and you know life is filled with these difficult situations 
And uh, I, don't, I don't want to downplay those in your life today, but I do want to bring a hope injection. Because uh, I had this experience on January the 1st that sort of was a, a surprising time where God spoke to me. I, I woke up on January the 1st and after having a, a very enjoyable Christmas season, I thought I'd better weigh myself just to see what the damage was. And I, uh, I found myself surprised. It wasn't as bad as I thought, but it wasn't where I wanted to be. And it was this number that caught my attention, 77.7. Now, God does sometimes speak to me in unusual ways using numbers. And every now and again, I'll wake up and it's 333 or it's 1111 or it's, you know, in this case, 777. And what it does is it stirs me to just jump into the scriptures and search the scriptures to see what is it that God might be saying to me. So I jumped into Psalm 77 and this is what I read. It says, I poured out my complaint to you, God. I lifted up my voice shouting out for your help. When I was in deep distress in my day of trouble, I reached out to you with hands stretched out to heaven. Over and over I kept looking for you, God. But here's this, listen to this. But your comforting grace was nowhere to be found. I don't know if you found yourself in a situation where you've been crying out to God, but it's almost like his comforting grace was nowhere to be found. I like where... Uh, the message puts it, he says, I found myself in trouble and went looking for my Lord. My life was an open wound that wouldn't heal. That's a horrible place to be in, isn't it? When you know there are parts of your, your heart that are just an open wound that just can't get healed. And then this is, this is the worst part. It says, when friends say, everything's going to turn out all right. Your pastor says, you know what? Everything's going to be okay. And on the outside, you're there like, yeah, I, I really enjoy your faith. I really am thankful for what, you, what you're encouraging me. But deep down, your heart is hardened and it's gone a little bit cold. And this is what you say. I don't believe a word you're saying. That's a horrible place to be in. And my aim today isn't to condemn you if that's where you're at. But my heart is to say, listen, we see you. I see you there. God sees your heart. He knows what you're experiencing. And he wants to inspire you today with hope because in Psalm 77, it starts in a dark, dark day. It starts in a dark place. But I tell you, it doesn't stay there. I heard Bill Johnson say once that wherever you're partnering with no hope in any situation, it means that you've come under the influence of a lie. Wherever there's no hope, there's no joyful expectation of good, then it's probable that you're actually under the influence or partnering with the, the, the things of a lie. Now, I know that at times we can get lazy and we can get, you know, it's not something that we intentionally do, but, you know, life gets tough. We don't, we don't move towards hopelessness because things are getting better. We're moving towards hopelessness generally because the situation keeps getting worse. <laughs> but I just want to encourage you today that uh, God has complete confidence that whatever you're walking through, that you'll get through it and come out the other side. In fact, I just want to release over you that there is no situation that you're facing that you're not prepared for. And there's no situation that you're facing that God doesn't have a solution for. I want to inject hope into your situation today. Now, the, the opposite comes with the enemy. This is what the enemy would say to you. Well, God's abandoned you. God's goodness is not as good as you thought it was. I mean, that was Emily's experience. She'd forgotten what the, the goodness of God had looked like. She had been in such debilitating pain and sickness for so long that she'd forgotten what the goodness of God had looked like. Here's another interesting one the enemy will use. God's leaving you out to dry because he's trying to teach you a lesson through it all. 
And yeah, sure, we, we can all learn lessons through hardship, absolutely. But God doesn't teach us a lesson by giving us sickness or hardship. In fact, he sent Jesus on the cross to teach hardship and sickness a lesson. His very truth is that God has brought a remedy through Christ to actually bring a freedom and solution to you today. And I know some of you have been waiting for that solution for years. But I just want to inject hope again into you that, that your day is not over. Your day is not finished. That there is still hope. Here's how I can tell that. Because in Zechariah chapter 9, it's a prophetic book in the Old Testament. He, he says this, God speaking through the prophet Zechariah, he says, As for you, because of the blood of my covenant with you, I'm going to free your prisoners from the waterless pit. Now, the waterless pit is a description. It's, a, it's prophetic language. It's an, it's an expression for a season of barrenness and dryness and wilderness. I don't know if you're walking through something like that right now, but it's a horrible place to be. In fact, when you search the scriptures, you find that demonic activity are in those places. When the demoniac was found by Jesus, he was in a barren area of wilderness. He was isolated. And the enemy will try to draw you out of fertile, rich, wonderful seasons of life and take you into seasons of barrenness because it's in those places where he knows that you'll lose hope, that you'll find yourself feeling like God has abandoned me. But I want to tell you the promise of this scripture says uh, this, return to your fortress, you prisoners of hope. <laughs> what a great term that we would become people who are prisoners not of barrenness or wilderness or hopelessness or no faith or high levels of doubt, but we'd become prisoners of hope knowing that we are shackled to the goodness of Jesus Christ. And this is what he says, even now I'm going to announce to you twice as much coming back to you. Here's a good news. This is not just some Pentecostal hype, but the scripture says here, that if you're going through a season of waterless, a barrenness and abandonment in some respects, then God is saying, return to that place of security, return and become a prisoner of hope and watch as I actually restore twice as much back to you. He's going to do it for you. That is the promise of the Lord. I've found that in these seasons of wilderness, God is actually trying to grab our attention. In fact, he doesn't just send us there to just teach us a lesson. He sends us there and brings us through those situations so that we actually grow in revelation of him. When the people of God were in that wilderness season, did you notice what happened when God turned up? In the, in the daytime, he was a cloud. In the nighttime, he was a pillar of fire. It was almost like God was the exact opposite to the spirit of the day. And I want to tell you, his nature hasn't changed in this COVID-19 season. You might feel isolated and, and, and disconnected, but he's actually operating in the opposite spirit. He's actually drawing you nearer to him. He's leading you into places of deeper and richer revelation. Why? Because God is a God who operates in the contrary ways to the spirit of the day. And so you might be feeling abandoned. You might feel like you are, are being separated from God's love as a result of the fulfillment of these promises you've been believing for, yet to, be, yet to be answered. But the truth is this, God's showing you something through it. And if you can walk your journey through the wilderness, you're going to come through the other side and see incredible blessing. In fact, you will see the restoration of twice as much coming back to you because that is the heart of the Father. He's not trying to condemn you. He's trying to release you into the fullness of His glory. Let's jump back to Psalm 77. I want to land this for you this morning. After five verses of just doomsday sort of situation, I called upon the Lord and his comforting grace wasn't there to be seen. It's a horrible situation to be in. He says, but then 
I remembered. I wonder today whether you could make a, a, a pursuit once again to remember once again what God has done for you. That you would remember that day where he actually came and released his grace and saved you. You would remember that day where he provided for you in that amazing opportunity. That day where he, he restored a family situation. He, he healed your body or he healed a family member's situation. In such a remarkable way you could say it had to be God. I wonder if you could remember back there. I know you're in a desperate situation in some of your, your world right now. Your, your health, your relationships, your finances. I get it. But I wonder today, could you make a step to just remember again? The psalmist says, I remembered the worship songs that I used to sing in the night seasons and my heart began to fill again with thoughts of you. Oh, what a joyous opportunity that we have today. And I want to invite you. Would you remember the worship songs that would take you into a place where once again your heart would be filled with the knowledge and the love of God once again? It's so important that we deal with these sly foxes of hopelessness because if they don't, they're going to take you out. God instructs us to actually take hold of these sly foxes and let him help you do it because he knows that if we don't deal with them, they're going to try and take out your destiny. But I want to state, say to you, Isaiah 54 is a great word for you this morning. It says, Sing, O childless woman, you who have never given birth, break into loud and joyful song. It's, it's declaring, operate like God does. Operate like he does, contrary to the spirit of the day. You find yourself in a barren place, operate in a contrary spirit to that. You find yourself in a wilderness, operate in a contrary spirit to that. You find yourself in chronic pain, operate in a contrary spirit to that and start singing and lifting up worship songs and adorations unto God. I tell you, when you do that, your heart aligns with his and you find yourself thinking as he does. I think it's time we get less, less focused on our own opinion and focus on his opinion. I think it's time that we get less focused on what we read about discontented believers on Facebook and we find ourselves back in the word of God, re-inspiring ourselves with the very truth of his goodness. I really want to stir you this morning that there is just so much great hope for you. And I just want to finish with those stories that I mentioned at the start of the message. When Zachariah and Elizabeth were, were, were serving the Lord and yet were scorned by society, barren, in a wilderness season, an angel of the Lord appears to them and says, you're, you're going to give birth to a child. Now, Zechariah didn't believe the angel. In fact, so much so, the angel shut his mouth. And my conviction is this. The reason the angel shut Zechariah's mouth is because he wanted to stop Zechariah talking himself out of a miracle. <laughs> and for the period of time of, of the, the pregnancy, he didn't speak until the baby was born. When, the, when he said his name is John, John the Baptist. And I want to say to you today, what are you talking? What's coming out of your mouth? Are you partnering with abandonment? Are you partnering with the wilderness season? Are you partnering with feeling like you're in a barren season? Are you declaring the goodness of God, even in a season where you can't see it? I love that song, Waymaker. Even when I don't see it, you're moving. Even when I can't feel it, you're moving. Why? Because that's who he is. He is the God who moves. And so Zechariah has this incredible outcome of freedom and hope. The woman with the issue of blood, total hopelessness. And she sees the, hears about the stories of Jesus and she says, if I can just get to Jesus, I know I can get healed. What great passion that is. And I want to encourage you today, 
Fill your life with the stories of what Jesus is doing. Whether it's your story or someone else's, it doesn't matter. Just find yourself exploring on the internet the stories of what God is doing and fill your heart with the goodness of God. And I tell you, as you reach out to Jesus, you're one touch away from your breakthrough. I know you've been travailing for years, decades, some of you, but you're just one touch away from your breakthrough. I love the fact that the man with the pool of Bethesda, Jesus says to him, do you want to get well? It sounds like it's a future tense thing. But actually, if you look at the original language, it's the aorist test, which basically is a fancy word to say it's past. So you could actually transliterate it like this. Are you convinced you're already made well? Well, the guy was there saying, oh, I've got this excuse and I've got all this going on. And, the, you know, for 38 years, I've been limited by this, that and everything else. Jesus just says, even in your doubt, just rise up and walk. The guy gets radically touched and transformed even though he didn't express great faith. And I know your faith level today might be at an all-time low. <laughs> you might have high-level doubts, but here's the thing. God's grace is bigger than your doubts. That God's goodness is larger than your inadequacies. Why? Because it's not based on your sufficiency. It's based on his sufficiency. It's not based on how good you are. It's based on how amazing he is. You might feel, feel like you don't deserve it. Well, the good news is that's what make, makes grace grace. <laughs> we don't deserve it, but his goodness is more than enough. The man that was born blind, Jesus says, this didn't happen because of what he did or didn't do. This came so that I might express the glory of God. And lastly, the woman that had been crippled with arthritis, he just bound the spirit of infirmity that was surrounding the woman. And this woman for 18 years just stood straight up once again. I tell you, there, are, there, is, there is a spirit of infirmity that's trying to get on some of you today. There's this spirit that's trying to lead you out into the wilderness, into the, the wasteless areas, the waterless pits. But I tell you, the heart of the Lord is for you saying, return, return to your fortress, become a prisoner of hope and let me restore you back to twice as much as that has been taken from you. So this morning, I just want to pray for you and I just want to release a blessing over you. I'm believing right now as, as you're listening to this on your phone or on the TV, or whether you're uh, you know, joining together as a family, or whether you're listening to this by yourself. I just want to release over you, there is great hope for you. And I'm believing for a transaction to be taking place right now, that where hopelessness and wilderness and barrenness exists, that there would be a wave of the Spirit of God flooding your room right now. Holy Spirit, I invite you, would you come and just fill that space? And I pray that the presence of God would be so strong that courage again would rise up in our hearts that we would feel in strength, strengthened again to believe. And I know that your faith might be an all-time low, but I tell you, grace is larger than that today. And His grace can invite you into a space of just trusting Him once more. I want to release this over you, and I've been just releasing blessings over people. And when I do this, I find that people start getting well. <laughs> they start seeing breakthroughs. Things start opening up. And so I just want to release this. Are you ready? Just lift your hands to the Lord. And I want you to receive this like you're receiving it from God in such a powerful way. You ready? We're going to finish with this. I bless you in the name of Jesus that your body may be strengthened and healed and return to perfect peace. I declare that your body would be free from chaos and that you're free to live in the joy and the love of the Lord. I bless you in the name of Jesus that the work of your hands would be fruitful and that every wholesome enterprise that you entertain and explore, it would prosper. I bless you in the name of Jesus, that the fullness 
of his peace would flood your heart and your mind, sinking deeply into every part of your being and life. I declare any levels of mental anguish, pain, trauma would be released off you right now in Jesus' name. I bless you in the name of Jesus that your relationships with your family and friends would be strengthened and filled with love, kindness and grace. And lastly, I bless you in the name of the Lord that God's grace might rest upon you, that the Father's love might surround you and fill you and that you would know just how fully accepted and completely he rejoices over you in Jesus' mighty name. I just want to pray for you that if you're experiencing pain in your body, that it would subside right now. If you're experiencing anguish, that it would just encounter peace right now. If, you're, if you've got loss going on in your story right now, that God, you would just invite any area of relationships that need to be restored to be brought back into alignment. I'm believing for you that loved ones that have been distant are going to call you in the next week and they're going to start reconciling with you. If you're here today and you've never made a decision to follow this Jesus that I'm talking about, the story of Jesus is this, that God sent him to earth as his son to live a wholesome and pure life, so much so that he died on a cross to take away every sin, mistake, failure and wrongdoing that we've ever experienced. And the Bible says that if we are to believe in him and if we're to receive him into our life, the Bible says that we will receive the fullness of eternal life. After three days, Jesus rose again. And as a result of that declaration of life, we too can be raised up in him. The Bible says that you can just simply believe and receive him and you not only receive eternal life, but you get to live with God all the days of your life and find the experience of heaven here on earth. And so I want to invite you in this season of uncertainty and in season where peace is seeming nowhere in, in, the, in the natural order of things, that you can experience this fullness of peace. Would you say yes to Jesus? So if that's you today, why don't you say this prayer with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I receive you into my life. I ask you right now to lead me and to guide me. I put my trust in you. I reject my former way of life and I now say yes to Jesus. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for receiving me, that I am now a child of God. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it in your heart, then I want to declare that the power of the Holy Spirit is resting upon you that you have made a decision to enter into God's family. And we would love you to reach out to the, the church, or the team, and we would love to bless you. Thanks for being with us this morning. What a joy it was to join with you. God bless you. And we look forward to talking to you again soon. Bye-bye.